Hey Thriver, welcome to the Career Thrivers Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Cole, and I am so thrilled that you are here. Why? Because our careers are connected to every area of our life. And the aim of this podcast is to help you thrive in your career. Each week, we'll be sharing resources, reflections, and real stories of leaders who are navigating the crossroads of their career, personal life, and business. If you're ready to make your next move your best move, then you're in the right place. Let's do this. So I am so thrilled about this episode of the Career Thrivers Podcast, and I'm really excited about it because, one, the topic is one that we don't often like to discuss, and two, I'm excited about it because this is also a live podcast recording, and what I mean by that, so if you're listening right now and you're not on live right now, then head on over to Instagram. Follow me at Brittany N. Cole because every single week on Thursdays at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have a Thrive Thursdays conversation. And on some of the Thursdays, like today, um, I also decide to make it a live Career Thrivers episode. So that's what we're doing today. <laughs> we got a lot going on in our world. Uh, if you are really kind of in real time, tomorrow we're having our Advancing Black Professionals one day summit. So thrilled about that. And so uh, we just got some great things going on. And I'm excited about this episode of the podcast because we have Nikki Gibson joining this episode. Now, Nikki is a site director and HR consultant. She's also the North America regional lead for Pride at Dell Technologies. So you are definitely going to want to make sure you check out uh, this episode that you stay tuned for the entire episode. And if you're joining me live, on Instagram at Brittany in Cole right now, as we are having this conversation, then make sure you don't miss this episode with Nikki. So um, Nikki and I had a really great conversation that you'll hear about the importance of living authentically and bringing your full self to work. Like, go ahead and just let me know if that is a conversation that you had over the last year. <laughs> no, I've had a lot of those conversations about not just about bringing your full self to work, but also who is allowed to bring their full self to work, I think becomes the broader conversation. And so this is a common value for leaders who are really intentional and really committed to cultivating an inclusive workplace. And for the past few episodes of the Career Drivers Podcast, so if you go back the last three episodes um, specifically, I have been sharing with you about our word for 2021. So our word for 2021, my word for 2021 is BOLD, B-O-L-D. And BOLD is an acronym for belief. It is an acronym. The O is for ownership. The L is for leadership. And today we're going to be talking about the D of BOLD, which is discipline. Discipline. Now, when we consider diversity, equity, and inclusion and what it takes to really transform culture, but also infrastructure of an organization to really be equitable, discipline is a skill that we often don't discuss. Like we, we have these oftentimes um, grandiose conversations or, or really, um, you know, big concept oriented conversations around what does it mean to be an inclusive workplace? What does it mean to move beyond diversity? Like that is 
the late nineties conversation. Like today's conversation is about equity. You get to equity through inclusion. But what we don't often talk about in the midst of that conversation is the importance of discipline. So if we're talking about discipline just for a moment, and that's the topic for today, right? Discipline is the practice of educating and training ourselves to adhere to a code of behavior, right? So said more simply, what we're trying to accomplish through discipline is making ourselves adhere to a prescribed action when an alternative is more comfortable, right? So if you think about working out for a moment, right? The discipline that's required to get out of the bed and finish the 6 a.m. workout because you know your day starts at 7.30 and it's back-to-back meetings. Hello, somebody. Um, <laughs> um, take discipline, right? And so the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion at the end of the day right, boils down to this same idea of how do we move beyond what's comfortable to stay disciplined to adhere to a prescribed behavior, right? And I emphasize behavior because so often we focus a lot of the work in this space on bias, and it's important for us to be aware of our bias, but if we stop at bias, right, if we don't move beyond bias, then we're going to miss the mark when it comes to what we're really trying to accomplish. And so we've got to get to a place where we're discussing behaviors. And what that looks like is giving our employees the education, the resources, as well as the accountability to change behavior, right? And so, and that becomes important because if we want to get to this inclusive culture or being able to bring our full selves to work, we've got to understand the role that discipline discipline plays. So I want to share with you three quick ways to develop discipline. I would say, you know, discipline isn't a skill that we just wake up with. It's something that we work at. And if you are joining me live right now on Instagram, then I want to know your thoughts. How have you developed discipline in your career, business, or wellness. So here are my top three ways. Number one, right, and we're talking about discipline broadly, but also discipline within diversity, equity, and inclusion, okay? So number one, we've got to make a decision. Just like the analogy that I just gave of working out, like I have to decide that tomorrow I'm waking up at 545 to be ready at six to work out, right? Same thing with the work inside of an organization. We have to first make a decision and determine what we will do. So again, we have to align on behaviors. What are the behaviors of an inclusive leader, for instance? Second, the second action, we're talking about how do we develop discipline because we recognize that this isn't just a skill that's important in our personal lives, but it is also inextricably linked to the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we have to make a decision, number one. Number two, we have to embrace discomfort. And we say that a lot, but I think we don't often unpack what that means in terms of when fear, when frustrations, even when failure are present, what is our response? Do we lean in to those moments or do we retreat? And if you are committed to developing discipline by embracing discomfort, when those things come up, when fear comes up, which it will, when frustration comes up, which it will, whether it's in your personal life, particularly when it comes to transforming a culture from the inside out and being more inclusive and equitable, those frustrations will happen. What do we do when those things occur? It shows our discipline. And here's the last way that we develop discipline. We seek accountability. So if I have told myself that I'm going to get up and work out at 6 a.m. and I recognize 
I've had good intentions, but perhaps the impact is lacking because I'm not seeing the results that I would want to see. Part of what helps me in my decision-making is to say, hey, friend, call up a good friend. Hey, I want to meet you at the why, right, for the workout. So how are you seeking accountability in your work inside of your organization to be more inclusive, to really create a space where people can actually bring their full self to work. Sharing the vision is a way that you do that. So sharing what it is that you're trying to accomplish, what is the vision of success, right, with this work, and then creating ways to measure what matters. So those are my top three ways to develop discipline. I'm curious for those of you who are on with me live and sharing, what would you add to that list? What have been some ways that you have developed discipline? Hey, Dr. Yolanda. Hey, Josh. Josh is out here getting to all of the work in this space. I love it. Uh, if you're not familiar with Pivot Technology School, get familiar. It's one of the ways that you can partner strategically to help make your organization more inclusive and more equitable by upskilling talent and making an investment in talent, not only within your organization, but within the community to create that pipeline, right? Particularly if you're an organization that is considering that you perhaps don't have as much diversity as you would like, strategic partnerships are a great way to go about that. So I see, okay, so I do it by creating a schedule, expecting difference, and using my abilities to get over things that I lack confidence in requires a lot of self-talk for me. Yes, that is so, so key. And I, I love that you said the self-talk because I think those personal development aspects, again, are ways that from an organizational perspective, you do the same thing. So all self-talk is, is like you affirming what it is that you said that you're going to do. But from an organizational perspective, how are you affirming with your leadership what you've said you're going to do. And one of the ways you don't affirm, <laughs> right, is by saying we have a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion and only saying it at the town hall and only saying it on your website and only saying it maybe quarterly at a meeting, right? How are you continuing that self-talk or that organization talk, those affirmations and those reminders that say, hey, this is what we've committed to, this is our vision of success, and this is how we're moving forward, Hi. Okay. I see the canvas. Hello. I'm joining from South Africa. I love it. I love it. And it's so fitting because as we transition here on the podcast, our podcast has a global audience. And so I'm so thrilled to see here on Instagram as well for our Thrive Thursdays, uh, we have a global audience as well. So that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to get into this episode with Nikki to talk about how do we go about living authentically and bringing our full self to work. So welcome back to the Career Thrivers podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Cole, and I am so thrilled to have Nikki here with us today. Welcome, Nikki, to the podcast. Thank Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So as you know, we've been starting 
our season two of the podcast with our dev talks. And so I'm excited to have Nikki, you joining us to share a little bit about your career. So I'll kick it over to you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited to be here, Brittany. So thank you so much. I'd like to start and take us all back just a little bit. So I grew up in Ohio, um, a very small town uh, called Hamilton, which now when I say Hamilton, it just makes me think of the Broadway show and I get all excited, but it's nowhere nearly that exciting. Small town in Hamilton. Um, I'm the oldest of four children. I'm the first to graduate college. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But, you know, I was the oldest, the most responsible, the one that was dependent on. And I had to live a certain way and be a certain way and and do all these things, live up to my family's expectations. So it was interesting. It was fun, but interesting. In my first job, uh, I started when I was 14, 15 years old, which is a little crazy, but I was an errand girl. That literally was my title, errand girl, for a local general practice firm, uh, law practice in Hamilton. And I stayed there for about nine years and I um, my career grew. I moved into a paralegal role um, but what this job really, what that that job and that experience really taught me is you have to really be careful about who you let in close to you and how to how to really focus on what's important in your life and just to kind of take control and not expect others to do it for you. So that was my first uh, life lesson. So around the uh, age of 25, I realized um, that I really wasn't living my true self. Um, I wasn't being authentic. I was really living the way everyone else expected me to live. So after a lot of therapy, I accepted that I was gay and it was a great experience and it really helped me realize what my true self is. So then I had to really, I felt liberated, but I was also very scared because I knew that I was going to hurt so many people um, that really loved me. And, um, but I had to take control of me and I had to be, be me. So um, at the time, it's also important to share that I was married and I married the only person that I ever dated in high school because that's what was expected, right? That's what you do. You get married right after high school and, and there you go. Um, but what was where, where I was very lucky in this situation is he was also a very good friend and he knew what I needed most and he supported me. And when I came out to him, he was very supportive and he said, you know, I really want you to find your way and I'm going to support you and in, in how you do that. Um, and I'll be here for you if you need me to be. Um, when I shared with my mom, um, she initially, I don't think she really knew what to say. And then she said, you know, I knew you were going to kind of share this with me. Um, she said, but I want to just give you a little piece of advice. And it's probably the best piece of advice my mom has ever given me. She said, you know, you really need to be comfortable in your feelings and not wearing them on your sleeve because not everyone's going to appreciate you for who you are and love you the way that we love you. So you really need to get some tough skin and you need to be okay with that. My dad, he didn't really say much. I think he was really kind of waiting to see how my mom accepted everything. So after about a year after coming out to my family, I just picked up and I moved and I came to Nashville, Tennessee. And that has been the best decision I've ever made for myself. It taught me really how to stand on my own two feet. It taught me how to trust myself and it really got me comfortable in being myself. I could really spread my wings. And honestly, if I hadn't moved to Nashville, I don't know that I would have ever made it to Dell Technologies. And I don't know that I ever really would have met my soulmate. I mean, so it was meant for me to be here. So I'm very happy that I made this decision. I came to Dell in 1999. I like to tell everyone that I was right out of kindergarten graduation at five years old. (laughs) Um, And it was just an amazing experience. From the very beginning, I felt like I could be 
myself. I literally worked in the visitor lobby. I sat in the visitor lobby as an admin, and um, I, that's probably been the best role that I could have ever come into Dell. I got to meet so many people, really build relationships, and that's where I learned that relationships are the foundation for everything. It's the core of everything, and it really helped me in my career establish myself very locally with the folks here. It also helped me realize the importance of customers and internal versus external. I'll never forget, I was sitting in the visitor lobby and a customer pulled up in an RV. I'm not kidding, an RV, it was huge. It kind of spans like all of our parking lot. And this woman came in with her laptop and she said, my husband and I are traveling. We just saw the Dell sign on the interstate and I need you to fix this. And I just looked at her and I thought, I can't fix it. I'm not I don't know what I'm doing. I just turn it off and on, right? So I'm like, I'm going to get you somebody. So we ended up fixing her system, which was amazing. She was thrilled, but that's where I also learned that customer service is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, You take care of people and you do everything that you can to try to support them. So that was a really important lesson. I moved out of that role pretty quickly. I was in that role for about, um, I probably less than two years. I just grew my, I, I really, I credit a lot of my journey to the relationships that I built very early on. I worked on the legal team for about six years. The leader that I worked for there, her name is Anne. She and I are, we remain friends. She's no longer with the company, but she taught me so much about leadership and how to influence others and how to take care of yourself. She taught me a lot and we're still friends today. I will never forget our first lunch together. We were sitting at a Mexican restaurant. We love Mexican. That's where we would go and do all of our brainstorming over chips and queso. I mean, that's what we did. (laughs) And she said, so tell me a little bit about Nikki. You know, what, what makes Nikki tick? And I sat there for a second and I thought, okay, I could take this two ways. I could either be my full self and tell her everything about Nikki, or I could hide myself and say, you know, I have a family. I do this. I do that. This is what I do on the weekends. And I chose to just dive right in. I said, you know, I'm gay. I've been with my partner for several years. We met at Dell and, you know, I just went on and on and on. And she's just stopped eating. She stopped chewing on her nacho. And she's like, And I thought, oh my gosh, what is she going to say? How is she going to take this? And I will never forget her word. She said, we are going to be the best of friends. This is amazing. My sister is gay. My twin sister is gay. And I, this is just going to be amazing. And then she started asking me questions about my personal life. And it was incredible. And so I have always been very fortunate to have super strong leaders who have just supported me and championed me. And she was one of them. She was the one who pushed me to going to school. I got my, I, I graduated with my bachelor's degree all while working at Dell. It took me six years to do it, wow. but I did it. And she supported me Amazing. and she taught me just to trust myself. And when we started employee resource groups here in Tennessee, this was around the 2017 timeframe. And she signed me up. She said, I want you to leave pride. I want you to just be so involved and just immerse yourself in this. And I'm going to support you in doing that. And it was scary, you know, at a time when employee resource groups were very new to companies, especially for us. And we were in Nashville, Tennessee, trying to launch an LGBT ERG. And I was scared. I couldn't get people to come to my events. Um, I had the support of leadership, but I didn't have anyone else who was a member of the community who was coming to anything I was doing. 
So I shifted my focus to outside of Dell and I joined the LGBT Chamber of Commerce at a networking level to meet people and to interact and to network and to learn what folks were doing at their companies and how they were making a difference and building employee resource groups. So I met some incredible people. Um, The chamber has been an amazing support system. I now sit on their board. Um, And what it really did is it gave me an opportunity to learn from others and how to create a really good, stable employee resource group. Today, I lead North America Pride um, for the region. I've been in this role for about three years. We have 11 chapters across the United States. We have four pillars that focus on professional development, business innovation, team member experience, and advocacy and community. And it's very strategic. All of our initiatives are aligned to strategies that not just support the employee resource group and the LGBTQ community, but also supports Dell. We're measured on, are we bringing business to the company? How are we branding our business? How are we doing all these things to bring company or to bring stuff back to Dell? So we're very measured. And the other thing that I've been able to do in my career by being myself, I think, is it's really supported me in moving into the role I'm in today. So I'm in human resources now. My day job is in HR. Um, And I'm also one of the site directors for the Nashville campus. And I believe that it was me trusting myself and guiding my career, really making my career what it is today um, because I was authentic and I could be my true self. And I never hid who I was. I just, you know, I was just authentic. And I think that that's so important. If you cannot be authentic and be your true self, you leave a portion of yourself out of work. And if you can't bring your whole self, you can't be 100% engaged. You can't be 100% creative. You can't be innovative. You can't live your passion, right? And if you can't live your passion at work, then you need to find something else because it's just not, you're not going to be successful. So that's, that's my career I, in a I, nutshell. I love that, Nikki, so much. I was sitting over here, take you, you shared so many, um, just gems of wisdom. I, I, I wrote down relationship star, star, mm-hmm. star, star, star. <laughs> so important. And then also taking care of yourself by being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know we're in a season of time where wellness has become prioritized for so many organizations, even yeah. more so than it was in the past. And I think that's amazing. But I think sometimes we leave out that component of authenticity and, and being able to show up. So I'm curious, and I think you hinted at this towards the end. And I love what you shared. But if anyone is listening, and they have that sense of like, well, you know, I'm at a place where I don't necessarily feel that kind of freedom to bring my whole self to work. What would you say to someone who may be in that position? You know, I think if you're work, so if you're working for a company that isn't inclusive, and you don't feel like you're in a safe space, um, I suggest finding another company. There are so many companies out there who are creating great culture and a a culture of inclusivity um, at their companies. It's so important. So you can find your space. Um, There are so many out there. Dell Technologies is one of them, but there's so many companies, even here in Nashville, that are incredibly inclusive and are very focused on increasing diversity in their workplaces. Um, And I just think that's amazing. You know, 
companies that are being very intentional in their recruiting activity and creating cultural environments where folks can bring their full selves to work is so important. You know, you have to really think about no matter what the company is, you're in the people business. You're either selling, you're servicing, you're doing something, but companies are in the people business. And you know, no matter what it is, what type of what type of area you're in, because you're in the people business, you need to make sure that you are servicing the people and all people, not just a certain dynamic or demographic. It's everyone. And in order to be successful, you have to be able to service everyone. So if you aren't creating this environment where you're inclusive, you're not going to have the customers that you want. You're not going to thrive. You're not going to grow. You're not going to expand and do all these things. So my advice would be, if you're not in a place where you feel comfortable doing so, then find that space. There, are, There's space out there for everyone. If you're in a company where they are inclusive and you just don't feel comfortable, then find your people, right? Find people that you feel safe with, that you can share, bring your full self to every conversations, and then find out how you can support. Go to human resources or go to the DNI team and storytell. Share your story because that's how we impact others and that's how you change hearts and minds. So if you can go to someone and you can share your story and just make yourself approachable. I think that what you will find is that there are more of you out there and there and the companies will really start to listen and then say, okay, what can we do be doing differently to support our team members, right? How are we giving back to our people? So I think that that would be my advice. Either find another place where you can be a hundred percent yourself because there's so many companies out there that are looking for you. Or if you can there and you're just not sure how to find your tribe, find your tribe because they're there and they're going to lift you up. Yeah, that's, that's such great advice. And it's something that I find myself oftentimes sharing even on, on the opposite end with organizations, because, you know, in the work that we do, it's around diversity and inclusion, but really we're in the business of helping companies ask those questions like you just shared, like, what are we doing here to where we perhaps have an environment where people feel like they can't bring their full selves to work? And how do we change that so that right. when we get diversity in the door, we are supporting them and we retain them and it's a space that they believe that they belong. What would you say to leaders who may be a little bit concerned? And I've, I've, I've sat in on conversations like this when this topic of bringing your authentic self to work comes up. There's oftentimes this fear that that means there are no boundaries and that, you know, anything goes. What would you say to leaders? leaders who may have that perspective in terms of how do you balance bringing your full self to work with also having a sense of boundaries around your values and how you engage in the workplace? Well, you know what, Brittany, you just said it right there. Um, Boundaries are important and most likely they're driven by values. They are. I mean, and, and, you know, if you've got a culture where you're inclusive, you're, you're creating, you're showing, you're, you're demonstrating your values, right? So companies need boundaries to manage behaviors um, and ensure that team members are respectful and they're working within the company values, right? But boundaries are also important for creating a work environment where everyone can be successful and win the right way, right? So being in a place where you are, 
respected and you're valued and you're trusted, you're creating culture and experiences for people where they feel safe within boundaries, right? You're living the values and that's important. So making sure that you're creating, when when you've got boundaries, making sure that they're true to values and you're creating spaces where people feel valued and respected and treated as equal is so important. You know, and we learn from one another. So the more, t- the more that you have an environment like this, the more we're going to learn from one another and learn how to take care of each other and how to lift people up. So boundaries are good, but your boundaries need to be set on your values. And as long as your values are in the people business and you're aligned to how to respect and to treat others, then I think your boundaries are safe. It's when you get outside of of your boundaries are outside of that. That's when you start to have problems. So I think Boundaries are good, but making sure that they're aligned to your business and your culture and how you interact with people and how you treat people, as long as you stay in those boundaries, then I think you're okay. Have you heard the exciting news? My first book, Thrive Through It, is out and available now. And I am so excited for you to get your hands on a copy. Thrive Through It is a power-packed yet practical guide that helps us to prioritize wellness in our resilience. Here's what Godfidence coach, TV personality, reinvention strategist for women, and founder of SheProfits.com, Marshawn Evans-Daniels, had to say about the book. For every woman who has experienced disappointment, disruption, betrayal, or even an unexplainable loss, Brittany's brilliant work and words help us to not look like, feel like, or live like what we've been through, but instead to learn how to thrive through. A must-have for every woman daring to step into a higher destiny. Order your copy of Thrive Through It today at Brittany, that's two T's, A-N-Y, com. Again, that's com, and click on the shopping tab. There will also be a link that you can access in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. What would you say, I'm sure that education plays a role in this, um, even in, in your story when you were deciding, you know, how do I answer this question of who Nikki really is? What, what does that look like at Dale? And even, you know, in terms of just your, your broader perspective on how organizations can educate their employees to be able to, you know, have a, have a conversation with a colleague who may be having that question of, do I give the real answer or, you know, do I just share something that I feel like will fit here? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I'm really proud of that we do as an employee resource group is we create um, learning modules and all of our ERGs are doing this um, mostly. Um, But what I love about what we're doing in Pride is we are teaching about the LGBTQ community. We're looking back at the history of the community where people have made strides and really done amazing things to bring exposure to the community in a good way. So who has stood up and, you know, been a part of a movement that's really created an impact, right? So we're, we're bringing attention to the LGBTQ community by sharing about the history. We're also
creating materials that talks about gender inclusive awareness and, you know, uh, pronouns. We're talking a lot about pronouns and it's all around making sure that we're being inclusive and we're being thoughtful about how we're interacting with one another. And pronouns are such a great way to do that. When you introduce yourself, share your pronouns, it shares how you want to be uh, interacting with someone. It's a respectful way to treat someone when you're in a conversation. And especially right now when we're in a virtual world, when you're not maybe sitting across from somebody at a table, it lets you know how that person identifies so that you can interact with them the way that they should be interacted with or the, the way that they're wanting to be interacted with. We also have what we call as an ally power hour where we are educating on the importance of being an ally and and, and what that means. It, ally, it's a verb, it's an action word. So we're, you know, how do you be an active ally and support the community? We're doing a lot of that. And then we're also educating the community around how to advocate. So how do you participate in lobby days um, as a group? How do you show up? How do you sit across from, you know, someone you know, who may be a part of, you know, legislator or, or there's a bill coming up and you have an opportunity to sit across from someone and share your story and talk about why some of these bills that are out there are not inclusive and not supporting the LGBTQ community and sharing your story. It, that's how you touch hearts and minds, right? So sharing your story is so important. So storytelling is huge and we're, we're empowering our folks to do that. And it's really, I believe that Taking the approach around education and bringing awareness to the community and advocating and storytelling, all these things, in my mind, that helps break down barriers and it gets you on such a different playing field with somebody. It really allows you to interact as equals and as human beings who respect each other um, and want to lift each other up. So for me, that's one of the, one, that's one of the biggest things that we do um, and that we're really proud of. Yeah, that that's fantastic. And I love to hear the the modules because it just speaks to the intention and the strategy mm-hmm. behind what's being shared. And I think so many organizations have come to the awareness, even if it's, you know, over the last year that perhaps we need to do more. Yeah. But then I think that next question is, how does that look? And um, you, you shared, I think, what is brilliant in terms of every ERG thinking about how does this connect back to the business? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all about that. And it's all about creative creating, excuse me, creating workplaces where people feel like they can be 100% engaged and they can bring their full self to work. Because if you don't, it's so hard as a professional, you can't really turn on and off yourself, right? So you have to, it's so much better for individuals when you're working in an environment where you can bring in your personal life and you can bring your full self to every situation and interaction. You just, you get so much more out of that person, right? And, you know, when you have an opportunity and you're recreating a workspace like that, it empowers people and it's, it just makes for such a better experience for everyone overall. I mean, it's, it's creating a workplace where people grow and they thrive and they can grab a hold of their career and they can make it what they want it to be because they're passionate, they're in it, they're in, and they can bring their full selves. And if you can do that, you're going to win as a company all day long. 
Love that. <laughs> Love that so yeah. much. And I could not agree more. We are, you know, you, we spend most of our work day hours, even for people that are like, okay, how do we, you know, I want to practically make this make sense. We spend most of our working day hours, Monday through Friday, you know, at work. And, and mm-hmm. it absolutely can and hopefully is a place where you're not just surviving, but where you're thriving and you, right. you know, you have that alignment in terms of um, who you are and how you are able to fully show up. So mm-hmm. I think that is absolutely wonderful. So what advice would you share to leaders who are listening that want to lead more inclusively? They have, you know, they're, they, they're ready to answer the call. They're aware they're, they're ready to move into that action phase. How can leaders be more inclusive in the workplace? Yeah, their actions need to mirror their words. It's not, it can't just be talk, right? You have to, your actions need to demonstrate that you're wanting to be inclusive. Um, So being inclusive, you know, it means that you have to be meaningful and intentional in your actions um, and how you're interacting with individuals and ensuring that you're really creating that work environment where people feel like they belong and they can bring their full self to work. Um, You know, it's, I have been very fortunate in my career at Dell Technologies to have had leaders who truly support me and empowered me and helped me get to my next role, but also helped me realize who I am as an individual and what I can do. I was in a panel event not too long ago or at a panel event and uh, for Advancing Women in Nashville. And um, I also sit on their board and it's an amazing organization. And it's how you and I met Brittany and I just love it. But the uh, we it was at our kickoff event uh, a couple of years ago and someone that I respect and think so much of in the community was on the panel and she shared something that has resonated with me. And I live by this every single day now. She said, we have got to stop thinking about having a seat at the table. It, that cannot be your goal. It cannot be your goal. What needs to be your goal is once you're going to do what you get there. So once you have that seat at that table, what are you going to do once you get there? How are you going to leave an impression? What's your legacy going to be? And for me, what I have tried to keep in mind is the great words from Sharon, those words. Now that I have a seat at the table, now that I'm involved in all of these great things that we're doing at Dell, leading Pride, um, a part of the leadership team in Nashville, on two amazing boards, now that I've got these seats, what am I going to do with it? How am I going to use my power for good? And that's what we have to do. We have to use our power for good. You are leaving us with so many great questions to ask. And so I want to make sure everyone caught that last one. How am I using my power for good? It is it is such a great question that helps you get to, okay, this is how I can be a more inclusive leader because I'm willing to share my power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a leader, you are looked up to, you are admired, you're respected. So you had better be embodying all the traits that make up a good leader. You need to be inspirational. You need to be innovative. You need to be creative. You need to be supportive. You need to, you need to be driving all of these great things that empower people to be their best. And as a leader, that is your, you have to do that. You have to do that. If you're not doing that, you are going to fail. You're going to fail because people aren't going to follow you. You're going to be a manager and not a leader. And that's the one thing 
as an HR professional, when folks come to me and say, what is the one thing I need to be doing as a leader? What, how do I manage this team? I'm new in this role. What do I do? I say, okay, first, you need to stop thinking about being a manager and you need to start thinking as a leader. You need to be respectful. You need to treat your people equal as human beings. You need to, you know, you need to be caring and inspirational and all of those good things that your mother taught you and your father taught you how to do as a, as a young person, you need to dial that in because this is when it comes into play. Yes, absolutely. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for sharing so many just valuable tips and tools and things that we can take away and hopefully implement. Anyone that is is a loyal listener knows that we are always big on implementation here. And let us know, how can we stay connected with you? How can we support what you're doing? in the community? Yeah. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. So you can find me there. Um, I I'm on Twitter. I, t- I tend to not be as active on Twitter. Um, I, it's kind of just not my thing, but LinkedIn I love. So find me on LinkedIn, shoot me a note, um, send me an email. I'm, I'm more than happy to engage. I love it. It's, it's, this is my passion. I love doing this. So reach out. I'm, I'm happy to engage and share best practices and, you know, learnings that I've had along the way. And, and then I'll learn from you. Yes, we appreciate you sharing your learnings today. And like we end every show, we want to know from you, what does being a thriver mean to you? Surviving. It means surviving. It means living your best. It means, you know, not every situation is going to be the best situation. And we're always going to be at a crossroads. But I think if you you choose the right path and if you stay true to yourself, you're going to do amazing things and you're going to thrive. You're going to make it. You just got to choose the right path and stay true. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nikki, for being here. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Take care. Thank you. You too, Brittany. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Thrivers podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating and a review and stay connected with us. You can find us on Instagram at Career Thrivers. Email us directly at careerthrivers.com, which is the website. The email is info at careerthrivers.com or simply click the link in the show notes to drop your feedback, questions that you want answered on the show, or to get more information about our sponsorship spots. I cannot wait to speak with you next week. Until next time, keep thriving. We'll talk soon.